Hey baddies, welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, the podcast where we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. Unless your name is Mickey <laughs> and you're trying to do an episode on Marie Laveau. Okay, here's the thing. So I know this is the last week of Black Witchery Month. I wanted to do Marie Laveau. I've been talking about her since the beginning of this year. I've been talking about her since the beginning of this podcast. Here's what happened. Um, I was taking notes and getting the episode ready this weekend. And I looked at my computer because I was like, gosh, you know, I've been writing for a while. What time is it? must be like 10.30. It was 1.30 in the morning. I sat down at 8 to start putting the episode together. So six hours of note-taking, and I hadn't, y'all, I hadn't gotten to voodoo yet. I had just in six hours taken notes on like the culture of New Orleans, free people of color, and like the specific class in New Orleans that that was at the time on um, like the settling by the French and the Spanish, on general like race relations, and all this stuff that I kind of can't tell you about yet because we're going to go in depth in the episode. But I spent six hours just talking about the history of Louisiana and race. I didn't, I, y'all, I wrote for six hours and didn't even get to voodoo yet. And then from voodoo, I would transition into Marie Laveau because that's why I like timelined it in my head. So I was like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to need way more time to put this episode together. I, you know, it's, I famously like to bite off more than I can chew and always think, oh, this is going to be so easy. I'm so interested in this. I already kind of have a background in it. I know so much about this thing. Medusa, hi. Salem Witch Trials, hi. And then I don't know anything (laughs) as well as I thought I did. And how can you just tell this singular story? You know, you have to tell, you have to talk about the situations that this person existed in. And that, because it's so important to like her incredible impact and not, I mean, when I tell you the story, you'll see what I mean. But not just that she was the queen of voodoo, but she was the queen of New Orleans. Like, this woman who is a free person of color, a free woman of color, was ever revered. Like, being a legend in your own time. And we have to talk about her daughter, Marie Laveau, too. Y'all, it's going to be so much. So, <laughs> And also, in talking about all of this, there is so much. Obviously, my family's from Louisiana, right? But specifically to the Marie Laveau story and all the things I want to tell you about to get into her story because it's so pivotal to her story and the woman that she was in the time period that she was. I also want to tell you the story of my family, which I can't remember if I've ever told y'all. I don't think I have. I I told this story in depth a while ago, but it was to a guy I met on Tinder. (laughs) So I don't. I was like, was that the podcast or was that the guy I was talking to on Tinder? I'm pretty sure it was him over Snapchat because. I don't, I don't know what being almost 33 is, but yeah. So I, I had taken my six hours of notes, realized that I had not even written the word voodoo yet because I was so deep into like this cultural part of Louisiana and this part that's so important to her backstory and her history. And that I wanted to still talk about my family story as well. Cause it's really interconnected that I was like, okay, girl, let's, let's have a minute. <laughs> I know it's really important to me to do this during Black Witch Story Month, but it's more important to me to tell her story and the circumstances of her story and the history of her and where she's from and her impact in a complete way and in a play, in a way that pays absolute respect to her and to free people of color in New Orleans and this class of women in New Orleans who 
have been portrayed in history, in popular culture, in media as concubines and mistresses and the other woman and the second wife and all these things we're going to get into, trust me, when they were women trying to survive with the advantages that they had. So it's going to be a big feminist episode. It's going to be a big learning episode, lots and lots of history, but I'm going to have to push it to, I think, I think one more week I can get it together. I think if I say, okay, Mickey, you've talked about history, the history of Louisiana and race enough <laughs> to give a good background. Because here's the thing, Louisiana is a very different place from the rest of America. Yes and no. Culturally, it's very different. The settling of it was pretty different. Um, you know, like I always say this example is I was 12 when I found out that other like 12 13 like I was in middle school I'm pretty sure when I found out that other places didn't have uh parishes they have counties I was like what's a count county are you saying country do you guess it? you're saying they have countries no we're like one country United States like I didn't know because it's like the language the food the culture it's all very very different and so talking about Louisiana and talking about how Free people of color existed in Louisiana, in French Louisiana, and specifically in New Orleans, and talking about enslaved persons in Louisiana and how it was different from other places. Not to say it wasn't horrific and traumatic and disgusting and awful, and we still don't feel the legacy of it today, but there are things that, because of being settled by the French and the Spanish, and because free people of color became like an emerging class that really was celebrated in its own way. Louisiana is, was a different place and kind of continues to have our own thing. I mean, we have Mardi Gras. It's going on right now. There's nowhere else in the United States. Does. You know what I mean? It's just a little bit of a different place. So yeah, I have to tell you the history of Louisiana. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm not going to like go back too, too far, but all of these things are really important because I got to tell my girl's story and I have to tell in the right way. So and it kind of worked out for the best because I'm going to do her at the beginning of March. So it'll be right before my birthday and it'll be right before International Women's Day because that's the same day. And she's just such a queen and icon to me. I kind of want to celebrate her around that time. And also just because I am an anal retentive person, it was kind of bothering me that I would have to have like talk to the ham part one, Marie Laveau, and then talk to the ham part two. So I'm just going to squish it together and they'll be together when people are going like chronologically listening to the podcast. So we will be all set. I am not taking any more notes on race, <laughs> any more notes on Louisiana. I am starting with voodoo today. And actually there's a book I bought at the Myrtle's Plantation, which is a whole other thing about Louisiana. Um, I told you all that story, right? I must have. In October, did I tell you all that story? I'm pretty, yeah, I meant to if I didn't. And if I did, awesome. But when I went, I mean, I've been a hundred times. So when I went, when I was like 13, 14, I bought a book on Louisiana voodoo. And so I'm going to reread that book this week. So uh, your girl, she's going to be in an in-depth thesis writing uh, situation. <laughs> so she can give you a really great Marie Laveau episode. And so yeah, we're going we're gonna to go back into palmistry today. So those episodes can be together. And then we're going to hit Marie Laveau. And it's going to be epic. It, it might be like a two, three hour episode. I'm going to be totally honest. But hey, that's, that's what we all signed up for. I don't know. All right. So Real quick, let's do our Mercury and retrograde check-in. How has Mercury and retrograde been on your neck this week? Uh, it's been a weird one. It's been real weirdy. I have seen a lot of people going through it. 
uh, a lot of people acting out. I personally have just been stubbing my toes constantly. I don't know what that's all about, but I have to go to Portugal really soon, as you know. And I am like, am I going to walk? <laughs> because I literally have cracked two of my toes like two days apart. I have found that I've been super clumsy. I got my period during Mercury retrograde and it was two weeks late because I always get it during the full moon. Like I am clockwork baby and it always comes with the full moon and it was two weeks late. I mean, nothing to worry about. Trust me. But I was like, uh, are, are you coming or like, am I done with this? Because I'm totally fine with that option too. But it showed up the day Mercury went retrograde. So that's been fun. Um, it hasn't been getting me in big ways. You know, I kind of feel like it's more like an annoying little brother or sister that puts their finger really close to you and goes, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Like that's how Mercury is treating me right now. So I can take that because I've seen people going through, going through it in this time period. So again, if you're out there and you have to travel or you have to sign paperwork or you have to start a new job or you have to have an important conversation, don't let Mercury stop you. You know, we cannot put our lives on hold because Mercury wants to be cuckoo bananas for three weeks, three times a year. So just do the witchy things that we know we can do to elevate ourselves, to keep our vibrations high, to ward off any craziness, or at least shield ourselves from it for to some extent, you know, make sure you're using your Florida water. If you want to go back to the double, double toilet and trouble episode part two, there is the recipe in there for that. I have been spraying everything everything, myself, my clothes, my suitcase, my purse, my phone. I'm just trying to reset all the energy. I'm trying to bring good vibes in, push the bad vibes out. I don't want it. You know? And I think we do have to act a little bit. We have to be a little more proactive about it when Mercury's in retrograde because it's, it's just a chaotic time and chaos isn't necessarily bad, but it is chaotic. And so chaos could kind of spin us in two different ways, you know, or multiple different ways. So Florida water spray, make sure you're smudging, make sure you're meditating. We haven't talked about meditating in a long time because I'm a bad witch and I haven't been doing it. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. Make sure you're meditating. Make sure you're getting your salt baths in or your salt showers where you're just pouring it over your body and letting those energies release away from you. Make sure you got your crystals in your bra, in your pocket, in your underwear, in your shoe, in your purse, in your wallet. Put it on your tongue if you need to. You know, that's how I like to connect to them. Just choking hazards. So maybe don't do that one. Um, but you know, make sure you have your crystals, make sure you got those high vibration crystals, make sure you have <clears throat> those crystals that are aligning with the things you're going through. If you're dealing with career stuff, make sure you have your citrine. If you're dealing with your relationship, make sure you have your rose quartz. If you're dealing with, um, with contracts and pa papers you have to sign or tax, tax, I just sent off my taxes. So huh, fingers crossed, but <laughs> if you're dealing with your taxes, you know, get your clear quartz because you want to make sure there's clarity and nothing is, no wrong social security numbers are entered, no uh, forms are missing, anything like that. So, you know, pick things that work for you that you're already aligned with, but to the crystals you're carrying and you're working with, to whatever the situation is you're specifically facing in this time period, light your candles, get your white candle, reset the energy, smudge, 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 floor wash it out, brick dust it up put salt in the corners, put salt under your bed, <laughs> salt, make a salt and rose spray, whatever it is that makes you feel like you're being really proactive and makes you feel like you are taking your control in this kind of chaotic time that I feel like it really does help write your intentions down, say your intentions out loud, scroll them on a scroll them on a mirror and, you know, start with, I deserve good. 
let's always try to come back to that place. I deserve good. You deserve good. We collectively deserve good. Because I know specifically with Mercury, because we do tend to go in with this with this idea of like, all right, here it comes. <laughs> like, everything's just going to be shit for three weeks. Let All right, let's just get it over with. And I think because we go in with that mentality a lot of the times and like bad things do happen. It, it just, they just do this again, chaos. They just do that. It's easy to get into that mind frame of like, I deserve these things that are happening. I did something wrong. This is my fault. I blame myself. This is some kind of karmic retribution for something I did. But no, we, we never deserve the bad that happens to us. We deserve the good. And, you know, life is cyclical. We have to go through bad times to return to good times. So if you're really going through it right now, just know and trust and believe that the good that's waiting for you is going to be brilliant and beautiful and bright. And it's so what you are going to deserve. You don't deserve the bad and the bullshit and the hard times. I promise. I promise you don't. Unless any of you are just yucky people out there, but I just don't believe that to be true. I think our coven is full of just the most beautiful and amazing witches ever. But yeah, don't get bogged down or at least try your best not to get bogged down in the, I deserve these bad things that are happening to me. You don't. You deserve good. Write it down. Say it out loud. When you put your crystal in between your boobs, say I deserve good. When you are spraying your Agua de Florida around, scream it. I deserve good. When you are smudging everything out, wave the smoke around like a wand and scribble into the sky. I deserve good because you all deserve good out there. And you know, we only have two more weeks. And what's two weeks in the grand scheme of things? Scheme of things? <laughs> that sounds so weird. What is two weeks in the grand scheme of things? It's not that much time. So I have faith in us. I think we're going to witch our way through this situation and keep our positive intentions. And we're going to see some really good stuff come out at the end. And we're going to cross our fingers too, just in case. <laughs> All right, speaking of fingers, let's get into our palmistry. Um, I'm going to skip the Patreon shout outs this week because, you know, they like reload for the next month um, on the first. And I have so many new people that have come in, which is so awesome that I don't want to like mess up trying to get all the names together. So we will pick that up next week and start with our March 1st people. Yay. So excited. I, I think we're at 49. So when we hit 50, we're gonna have to do something really special for all of you Patreon baddies. And then we're almost at a thousand for the Facebook group. So yeah, I'm going to come up with something uh, cool, like a giveaway or something that we can do for the group. It's going to be so fun. I love it. Okay. And also let me say it early. The say the password. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to say it. The uh, answer to get into the Facebook group is the craft. You know, I was kind of thinking about changing the question because we haven't talked about the craft that much, just as like the podcast has been going on and, you know, talking about all these different topics. But then I was like, but there's 50 plus episodes of me saying it's the craft. So I don't want people to keep signing up. They're like, uh, this is not the question. I don't know what to say. So we're going to keep it the craft and I am still accepting, accepting flubber, blubber, uh, anything else? Oh, and the covenant and the coven, which is the movie that I just kept making up on my own. Oh my gosh, wait. Okay. I totally, totally forgot that I meant, or didn't even mean to, but I started like the bad witch movie club and then I never did anything with it because, you know, life is crazy and the podcast is crazy and it was growing so much and it's still growing and it just kind of got away from me. So oh, I'm so excited. I just remembered this. So for our Marie Laveau extravaganza episode that we were working our way towards, I want us, I want the movie to be um, the skeleton key 
because it is that South Louisiana, it is that voodoo, it is that witchcraft, it's that voodoo you do so well. Uh, and it, it talks about people of color and it, it's just so South Louisiana. And there's parts where they're in New Orleans, they're outside New Orleans, they are in the country of Louisiana and like the real voodoo. Are, uh, okay, so the skeleton key, if you can find it, uh, I will search and see if it's on any platforms and share that. Ugh, I don't know if I've, I've seen it in like a hundred years. I honestly, the last time I watched it, I rented it from the library so, <laughs> on like a DVD. So I don't know uh, if it's up anywhere, but I'll try to find it. And then I don't know, share my login or something. We'll see. HBO is going to be like, girl, uh, a thousand people got on your login. So uh, you're canceled. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to do, we're going to reinstate the Bad Witch Movie Club. And we're going to start with the Skeleton Key because it is the perfect piece to accompany Marie Laveau's story. It'll give you a lot of good background. And also it's a good movie. It is genuinely scary. And if you are a big, huge baby like I am, maybe this would be a good time to do like a, a baddie meetup. If some of y'all are in the same city or in like a good driving distance with each other, uh, I would try to meet up and watch it together. If not for the baddie bonding time, but because it's a scary movie and it's genuinely scary and it really with the moss and the lighting and these old Louisiana homes, it really does. Oh, and there's these scenes in the addict, honey. Uh, yeah, but it really does set this very creepy quietness, like the quiet of the bayou and the quiet of just being out and out in the swamps and in the country, in the countryside of Louisiana. It's pretty eerie. And so it will give you the creeps and the ending will give you the creeps and throw you for a loop. And it is a very good movie. So yeah, it would be a good thing for a baddie meetup. If I can somehow figure out how to do a watch party on Facebook, I will, but that's, you know, that's a big dream of mine. I don't know if I'm savvy enough for that, but yeah, it's a good thing. Or, you know, just watch it with your partner, watch it with your kids. If they're a little older and you think they can handle the material because it is a good movie. So the skeleton key, our first, our inaugural Bad Witch Movie Club movie, even though I was supposed to watch Practical Magic, I still haven't done that, but I will get to it. Okay, so back to palmistry. So this is going to be another reading episode because we are going through all this together, and I found this great post. I'm not sure if it's a blog post, article, I'm not really sure what to call it, but it is on galadarling.com, and she has just written everything out so succinctly and so it's so easy to digest. It's so user-friendly. My favorite things as you know, and, uh, she really, it's really well researched. I keep saying she, I don't, I'm just assuming from the name, but sorry, uh, it might be he might be they, um, but gala darling, <laughs> I'll call them. They wrote this great piece about palmistry. So we're just going to go through it together and make our comments and, uh, I'll post it so we can study it up. Let me say this for someone who was a big faker in the fifth grade and, made up that she could read all the different <laughs> signs and symbols in people's hands. Um, I totally thought each line was in a different place. So the heart line is the top line that runs from like your index finger. I always confuse index and ring. I have to like really think about it. Your index finger over to under your pinky. And I think I always thought that was a lifeline. I don't know why. No reason, really. Uh, and then we have your headline, which is the line that is like the middle of your palm. So it goes from in between the index finger and the thumb and kind of cuts. It like bisects your palm. So when you're folding it in half, you know, that's the one that kind of, does that make sense? 
And then the lifeline is the one that curves from underneath your index finger down to the bottom of your palm. It really has like a nice curvature to it. And it's like the inverse cur curvature of what the heart line is like. And I always thought the lifeline was the heart line. I, like once again, I was just making this up. So I was going along and I was totally wrong. Shocking. Um, and then you have your fate line, which runs, uh, it kind of like bisects the top of the heart line. Why am I saying bisect so much? Did I go get a science degree at some point? What am I talking about? So it runs like from the starting point of your heart line and comes down the palm, crosses the headline, but just is perfect. Nope. Parallel parallel that's right to your lifeline so and not everyone has a fate line I've been reading um and, you know I've really been looking at my palm and I don't I can't really find mine so that's about and if, if I do have it it's it's like a small line that just runs a space between my my head and my lifeline so yeah but those are the major four we're gonna be talking about first and I should have said this earlier, but if you're driving right now, listening to this podcast, do not examine your hands in this moment. Wait until you park somewhere safely and then you can look because it only takes a few minutes to identify these four major lines um, or three if you don't have the fate line. But yeah, if you're at your office or, you know, you're working at a cafe somewhere, you want to take a quick five minutes to look it over. It's a you know nice thing to just get to like establish what's going on in the palm, uh, especially because hopefully we've identified what types of hands we have by now after last week's episode. So I'm going to be looking at my left hand while I'm doing this and have my, um, I'll be reading from my right hand. And so another way you can kind of think of it is the heart line is the first line you see in your hand, the first long line, the head is the second and the, um, your lifeline is your third. And then again, the fate line is going to kind of like run, not directly down the middle, but, but sort of, kind of. Okay, so let's start with the heart line. The heart line is about any and all matters concerning love. If your heart line starts under your index finger, you have a satisfying love life. Check. <laughs> if it starts beneath your middle finger, you are selfish in love. If it starts somewhere in between your first finger and your middle finger, you fall in love easily. All right, let's have a little... Okay, um, this is a call-out post for me, but I do fall in love easily. Or some concepts of like being enamored with someone, but that is my Pisces nature. Get off my neck. <laughs> this is going to be a whole call out. I can feel it already. All right. So, uh, a short heart line denotes little interest in romance. You'd rather do other things. If your heart line touches your lifeline, it means your heart breaks easily. A long curvy heart line means you express your feelings with ease and tact. A straight heart line, which runs parallel to your lifeline, means you are exceptionally practical in matters of love. A wavy heart line means you have will have many lovers, few of them serious. I'm going to go back and look at the post where we all put our hands to figure out what our hand shape is, because I don't even think I noticed that people may have had straight heart lines. I've never picked it up in anyone, but also I didn't know to look for it because mine are very curved. You know, with your own thing, you that's what you that's what you base everything on. So yeah, mine both begin, and my right one's a lot um, stronger than my left one. And there's actually a break in between in my left one. Like it, it's higher and then it breaks and then it starts again lower. Huh. I, I have some ideas about what that may mean. Oh, and I do want to mention, this is also in uh, on galadarling.com, that um, 
the palms, you're supposed to read both palms and it's because the left hand, it's believed to show potential and the right hand uh, shows what you've done with that potential. And there's like a saying that is the left hand is what the gods give you. The right hand is what you do with it. So that's kind of cool. Something to keep in mind. But yeah, mine are super curved. So uh, it means you express your feelings with ease and tact. I, I do do that. <laughs> there's no, uh, there's no confusion about how I'm feeling about a situation or a person. All right, so continuing on. Oh, and there's also another website that on this uh, blog post that I'm reading that they reference that goes a little more in depth into the lines as well. So I'm going to, after we go through the four lines, I'm going to transition over to that and we'll go into like more in depth minis. So stay tuned, obviously. <laughs> All right, so if there's a circle on the heart line, it, signi it signifies sadness or depression. A broken heart line or small lines crossing the heart line shows emotional trauma of some kind. That is what I think I'm seeing in my left hand because I'm saying, like, I'll show y'all in real time. I won't, I mean, in real life, I won't just keep holding my hand up and be like, look, <laughs> but there's a break, um, on my left hand, like I mentioned, and I'm wondering if two things, this is a remnant from a past life of like trauma that I experienced in some short form. And then it continued on in a better pace or, because of the way my life, my love life has gone thus far, I'm wondering if this smaller piece that's broken off is like this phase of my life into my early 30s, where it has been complicated and it has been, um, it just hasn't been great. <laughs> it's just not great. And I'm wondering if where this line breaks and then the new line starts and it has this long, strong curve to it, if that means that's where it's going to pick up and it's all going to fall into place for me. Because out of everything in my life, the love thing is the thing that has just never even made sense. It's, it's been like, it's just been cuckoo bananas. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain if you don't know me personally, kind of been through it with me personally, but I think this first segment shows like the things I had to go through. And then at some point when I meet that person that is really like a true match to me and a partner that I could actually have. Um, that continues into like this long, beautiful curvature. That's, that's my assessment thus far. Who knows? Okay. So onto the headline, the headline shows your intellect or wisdom in general, a curvy line denotes creativity and spontaneity while a straight line favors practicality and structure. A short headline means you prefer physical accompaniment over intellectual ones. You'd rather go hiking than write an essay. Okay, hold on. Let me check my line right now. <laughs> Cause, uh, no girl. Okay, so on my right hand, yeah, my line extends all the way to the edge of my palm. And it does as well on my left hand, but there is a space where it branches off into two places, like right in the middle of my palm. And then there's nothing. And then the lifeline continues. So huh, that is interesting. But it's a lot stronger on my right hand. But uh, definitely not short because I can promise you I do not want to go for a hike. <laughs> A wavy line shows that you have a short attention span, while a deep, long line is evidence of clear, focused thinker. A straight headline means you are a realist. Yeah, mine are, hmm, mine are pretty straight. There's like a little curvy bump, but not nearly the curvature that my other lines have. All right. Okay. Um, if your headline is separated from your lifeline, it means you have a lust for life and an unquenchable thirst for adventure. Mine are connected. <laughs> Mine are like very much so connected on both hands. If there's a circle or cross in your headline, this denotes an emotional crisis of some kind. Multiple crosses show that you have 
to make a lot of very big decisions in your lifetime. I do have a line that connects my he- my lifeline and my headline. Hmm. I don't know. We're going to go a little bit deeper, like I said on the other um other article. So, yeah. But I, I don't know if I see a lot of crosses and X's. I see a few. And, I mean, <sighs> Lilith knows I've had to make some big decisions in this life. I, I ooh, Actually, now that I think about it, there have been a lot of instances thus far where I've come to a crossroads. And it's always been, like, this one big thing or this other big thing that's, like, I've always kind of been worried that, like, did I make the right decision? Did I go, like, the right path, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's making sense to me. Okay, on to the lifeline. Everyone's favorite? I don't know. (laughs) Do people care more about the heart line or the lifeline? I think when I think about palmistry, I think about the lifeline because you always associate it with, even though this isn't actually what it means, but you're like, well, read my lifeline. Am I going to live a long time? You know, that's kind of the popular notion about it. So I do wonder which one people find most important. For me, I think it's the lifeline. Okay, so the lifeline is the line of destiny. Ooh, It shows your character as well as any important events that will happen in your life. And don't worry, contrary to popular belief, the length of the line doesn't show when you're going to die. Well, amen for that. (laughs) If your lifeline is very close to your thumb, it means you have low energy and are often tired. Well, surprisingly, my lifelines are very far from my thumb, but I'm constantly exhausted. Hmm, That might have more to do with my insomnia than anything else. Okay. Conversely, a wide, curvy lifeline shows you have plenty of energy. If it swoops in a semicircle, you are strong and enthusiastic. If it's straight and stays close to the edge of your palm, you are cautious in your relationships. I really want to see these straight lines of people's hands because mine are, the dominant lines are so curvy. And, you know, even my my headline has a bit of a curve to it. So please post your palms if you feel comfortable because I really want to see some straight lines. Um, for me, mine is wide and curvy, which says I have plenty of energy, but like, where is it at? <laughs> I'm so tired all the time. <laughs> a long, deep lifeline shows your inner vitality, while a short and shallow lifeline means you are easily man- manipulated by others. Um, yeah, mine is long and deep. And I do feel pretty vital, so <laughs> I think that makes sense. Um, if there, okay, if there's a circle in your lifeline, it shows that you will be hospitalized or injured. Wow. A break in the line shows major changes in a lifestyle. I do have breaks at the bottom of both of mine where one is like crisscrossed by another line coming from a different angle, but on both sides, it breaks off at the end to a bit and continues on. So I, I don't know what that means, but that's kind of cool. I, And because it isn't necessarily like correlated with how long your life is going to be, I'm not sure if that's showing me, oh, you know, when you're 80 years old, you're going to start a new career as a figure skater. I don't know. (laughs) Or if it's just showing me, you know, there will be some big transformation at some point and it's going to be impactful on your life. So that's, that's cool to keep an eye out for. Um, Do I see any circles? I don't think so. So that, that's good news. Okay. On to the fate line. The fate line can be read in conjunction with the lifeline to show the future. By the way, not everyone has a fate line, so don't feel bad if yours is nowhere to be seen. Hey, girl, (laughs) that's me. A deep fate line shows that you are strongly controlled by destiny. It's up to you if you choose to believe that or not. Always keep that in mind. 
If there are a lot of breaks in your fate line, it means that external forces will change your life many times. A fate line that is joined to the lifeline shows that you are aspirational self. You're an aspirational self-made babe. If your fate line starts at the base of your palm, you will find yourself in the public eye often. Huh? Well, I don't think I have one. <laughs> I definitely don't see one on my left palm. On my right, there is a little something something going on, and there is a big break. Uh, it's faint between my heart line and my headline, and then there's a break, and then it continues across my lifeline. So I'm not sure if that means anything, but I do see the haint the the haintest bit. I see the faintest hint of something right there. Um, so let's switch over to our other page, and maybe it will tell us more, and I can figure out what this break in the middle of my maybe fate line means. So this is from PsychicLibrary.com, and uh, the page is called Palmistry Room. I will post this as well. So circling back to the heart line, this line is located above the headline and the lifeline. It starts either under the index finger or middle finger and extends towards the pinky finger. Some clues about love and relationships are revealed just by the position of the line on the palm. If the heart line begins underneath the index finger, it's an indication that you are satisfied with love, your love life, or it could mean that you are picky about who you choose to have a relationship with. If it begins underneath the middle finger, this can signify a self-centered approach to love or you're consumed by the need to be loved. A line that starts between the middle finger and index finger indicates that you are quick to give your love away. Again, another call out. I got it. <laughs> if the line crosses the fate line, it, be, it can indicate the possibility of a re relationship loss, which I'm still, I don't know about this fate line situation. Okay, so these are more in-depth meanings. If your heart line is long, this indicates a person who is open and has an overall warmth. It can also indicate having a, na a naive belief that there are perfect relationships. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very long. When the line touches both ends of the palm, it shows signs of codependency towards their partner's possible promiscuity. Uh-huh. Short indicates a highly self-centered individual, not outgoing. Deep indicates a stressful life. Deep and straight line Indicate someone with feelings of jealousy or having a tendency to dis disregard authority. Straight lines. A more passive person in love relationships or can signal someone who is void of emotion or whose emotions are ruled by the brain. Short, straight and short. Indicates an individual not particularly concerned with romance. Straight and parallel to the headline. Indicates an, emo indicates an emotionally stable individual. Wavy. Represents many love relationships, like we talked about before, or a lack of serious relationships. I have no idea what a wavy would look like. If you think you have a wavy, also please post that because I'm really interested to see what that looks like. Also wish I had that one. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to have fun. I'm a young girl out here. I'm traveling. I'm just trying to have fun. Uh, clear and deep. Indicate sincerity, considerate and respectful, self-secure self and at a peace and at peace with their emotions red and darker. I like that they get into the colors a bit. This type of line represents a temperamental approach to life, which can make you either easygoing or quick tempered. Red and lighter. This type of line represents a more removed, stoic and cold emotional state. Faint represents aloofness and places little importance on emotional life. Uh, if you have a broken heart line, indicates a person who is often stressed emotionally can be subject to mood swings and suffers from emotional trauma. Chain. See that emotional trauma thing? I think that might be a past life thing for me, which is why mine is broken on my left hand. 
um, chains indicates an, an individual who is easily hurt, has feelings of unhappiness and decisiveness, or represents a time of depression in your life. Double forks. Oh, that's the word for it. Forks. I keep saying I have these breaks, but they really are like forked out. Uh, indicates that your life combine that your life combines romance with practicality and common sense. I mean, I hope so. Triple forts, triple forts. There is great balancing between your logical, physical, and emotional sides. Curved indicates a very physical and emotional, sensitive, and intuitive individual. Can represent someone who expresses feelings easily. Again, call out post. Absent shows ruthlessness and a person who is ruled by logic and may have a disregard for others. You're not ruled by the heart. You're ruled by the mind, right? Or you can, you know, have, have a little bit of both. Um, without branches indicates a lack of, in the ability of emotional growth. Branched upward represents a strong interest in the opposite sex and has good and positive relationships. And finally, if your heart line is branched downward, it represents poor quality or unhappiness in relationships subject to heartbreak. Whew, which I hope none of us have that one. That sounds like a bummer. Okay, so circling back to our headline. The headline, also known as the wisdom line, considered one of the most important lines in Chinese palmistry, reveals mental and psychological makeup and intellectual development and intuitive abilities. This line begins just above the lifeline between the thumb and the index finger and runs across the palm toward the other edge of the palm horizontally. Sometimes the headline begins directly on the lifeline and extends out from there. That's what both of mine do. This means that you have a strong will and mind over matter. Yep. <laughs> I love all these call outs. So you love when we're doing episodes like this and everything I, I read or like, you know, each new kind of revelation. It's like, yep, mm -hmm, yep, yep, yep. That's me too. <laughs> all right. So let's go through the in-depth meetings. So the uh, long headline indicates intelligence and a good memory represents an individual who thinks things through and does not overreact. They look at many possibilities before taking action. Very long extending across entire palm indicates a very successful individual and not the cowardly type may have tendencies to be selfish long and straight indicates a versatile complex individual straight this indicates an individual who is realistic down-to-earth unimaginative materialistic logical good organization organizational skills or having a great attention to detail short this indicates a practical and non-complex individual individual and someone who does not beat around the bush deep this denotes an excellent memory, concentration, and a sensible nature. I don't think I have that one since I can't ever remember anything. <laughs> Wavy. This signifies inner conflict with an individual's practical and emotional sides. It can also indicate an individual who is untrustworthy, restless, unstable, or has a short attention span. Curved or sloping indicates a romantic and creative and idealistic individual who is open to new ideas and is not afraid to investigate concepts or beliefs. This person trusts his inklings or her inklings or their inklings and intuitions. Faint. This signifies an inability to concentrate or a lack of common sense. A daydreamer. I feel a little caught up by that one. Um, <laughs> broken indicates inconsistent thinking or nervousness and mental exhaustion. Crosses. These indicate the vital and crucial decisions made in one's life that can have a direct impact on your, on your fate in your life. Chains. This signifies an individual who is undergoing personal conflicts, melancholy, or confusion and can be a problem and can have a problem setting positive goals. Forks. If the line ends with a strong fork, it is called a writer's fork or a lawyer's fork. This person's fork, this person's fork, oh my gosh, <laughs> this person enjoys debate 
It can see both sides of an issue. This indicates great imagination in someone who uses his psychic or hers or their psychic power and writing and speaking abilities throughout life. I think mine is, yep. Writer, that's a call it to myself because I have, I have been, I have been supposed to have been, <laughs> what is that sentence? As I'm talking about how I'm supposed to be writing, um, I'm, I have been trying to write a book for like 10 years now and actually sit down and do it. So that was also a call out for myself. Um, and I'm gonna do it because now literally my hands like, Hey, this is part of your fate. You're going to follow through or not. <laughs> okay. So hooked. This indicates a self-centered, untrustworthy individual. If the hook is low in the palm, the individual can be miserly, selfish, and cheap. Well, dang. Uh, branches. These signify events that are yet to come. They can also represent distractions that take an individual off his, her, or their intellectual path. Branched upward. Signifies positive outcomes and success in career, academics, and creativity. Sometimes indicates having big dreams without being centered. Branch downward. Signifies signs of struggle, possible depression, sorrow, and distress and disappointments in certain points in life. Absent. Extremely rare, but it can possibly indicate laziness, sluggishness, dullness, or even detachment from reality. And finally, if you have a sister or double headline, this can indicate increased brain power. Ooh, la la la. It can also represent a pleasant person or the direct opposite of cruel person. Okay, I, should, I said ooh la la too fast. <laughs> All right, and then back to our um, our lifeline. The line on palm that people are most curious about is the lifeline. See, that's what I thought, but I think some people might be more curious about heart. Let me know which one you are kind of drawn to, but I think life is one that people are really like, yeah, give me give me the T on this line. Uh, this line begins between the index finger and the thumb and continues downward toward the base of the thumb and the connection to the wrist. A common misconception about the lifeline is that it will reveal how long you will live or when you will die. It does, so it doesn't do that. It does, however, reveal information about the encounters in your life, relationships with others, health and physical and emotional well-being. So, I mean, there's still some pretty good information in there. And then these are the in-depth uh, meanings. Long and deep line indicates good health, stamina, vitality, and a well-balanced individual. Short and deep line indicates the ability to overcome physical problems. It is a myth that the short life line signifies a short life. So if your lifeline is short, take that worry out of your head. It doesn't mean you're going to die young. It doesn't mean anything, you're going to get sick and anything's going to happen to you. That short line equal sign with a dash through it. Short life. They don't equate to each other. That's something that was like a common, you know, misconception I always thought as well. Um, if the lifeline is short and shallow, it may signify that other people can easily influence or control you, which goes back to the word manipulate that we said in the other, on the other um, article. Deep line indicates a smoother life path. Faint line indicates a person with low energy and having a less adventurous life. Broken line indicates struggles, losses, unexpected changes, or interruptions in the way you are living an accident or an illness. A break in the lifeline on one hand can signify that you may get ill and recover quickly. A break in the lifeline on both hands can signify that you may suffer a serious illness or disease. If there's a break near the wrist area in the line, it can indicate problems in early childhood. Uh, chain, chain line. You are susceptible to health or emotional problems. You may also experience a life path that takes you in many directions. Forked line. This type of line has various meanings depending on the fork placement on the hand. Generally, fork indicates an interruption, redirection, or life change. 
it can sometimes mean that you are surrounded by scattered or split energies. If it leads to the Mount of Jupiter, it indicates success and recognition. If it forks to the Mount of Moon, it indicates traveling to far off places. Ooh, I can't wait to look at mine. Okay. <laughs> triple or triple, double or triple line indicates that you are surrounded by positive energies and you have great stamina. You may possibly be a twin or have found a true partner or soulmate or ha have someone watching over you. However, it may also mean that you are living a double life. An absent line indicates a high, strong, anxious, or nervous individual. Um, a branch line. If it upward branches, upward branches indicates achievement and success and downward branches indicate poor physical and emotional health, money problems, feelings of sadness and loss. Lines extending up and down the lifeline show an ability to recover from situations. Lines extending below the lifeline signifies um, habitually wasting energy. And then back to the fate line, fate line, not the fate line. Um, this one doesn't have all the little breakdowns of like deep wavy, but it does give us a little more info that's fleshed out. So the fate line is also, do I keep saying fate? The fate line is also known as the line of destiny. The line reveals the effects the people and events have had over an individual. They are events that the person has had no control over. This line is tied to one's life path. It is also an indication of obstacles that may be faced, educational and occupational choices, accomplishments, achievements, and how content an individual is with his or her or their life. The line also can indicate that elderly family members might be very controlling and one's own needs and wishes are being neglected. This line also denotes a personality that could be strong. However, it may indicate struggles that may get in the way of success. If there are breaks in the line, hard luck, loss, or failure in life can happen. There might be a double or sister line and this signifies a very successful and prominent career, even a renowned one. So again, not everyone has a fate line. A fate line. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that's going to be my downfall in this episode. Not everyone has the fate line, but it's, it kind of does just run straight down the palm. It's not directly, directly in the center of it, but sort of pushing that way. But again, I'll post these links so you can see um, how they're drawn to help you get a better visual idea than me just describing it to you. Okay, so let's go on to the mounts. So they're called mounts, but I think of them as mounds because of the way they're shaped on my hands. But they're basically these little pads that are right underneath your fingers. So if your knuckle is on one side, the pads are like directly on the other side of that. And they're just, you know, like those, I call them like fat pads. Like they're just these little squishy rounded areas underneath the thumb and your four fingers. Um, and when you really, I think they're easier to see when you really spread your hand out kind of wide because you can see kind of these circular shapes, but that may just be my hand because there are three types. You're going to have your high, your low, and your flat. And I do believe mine tend to be high because I said they're rounded and kind of like a mound, like a little fat. <laughs> Why? Like on them not so much. It's just, they're squishy and you can kind of push them in and out. Um, but yeah, those are going to be your mounts. Not to be confused with the word mound. That's just is that's just how I think about them. Okay, so the Venus mount is under your thumb. It's the fleshy bit that your lifeline curves around. The Venus mount relates to love, intuition, vitality, sensuality, and success. A high Venus mount shows someone who can be promiscuous and overindulgent. Sometimes they can be obsessed with instant gratification. Yes, that is me. A normal, well-developed Venus mount denotes a person who is influential and passionate about the arts. If your Venus mount is flat, you have little to no interest in family life. These people also tend to criticize others. Okay, so that's your thumb, is your Venus. 
then your index finger is your Jupiter. The Jupiter mount is under your index finger. It tells us about your personal philosophies, beliefs, and leadership capabilities. A high Jupiter mount means you are self-centered and aggressive to the point of being dominating. If you're, if you're Jupiter, if your Jupiter mount has a normal height, you are intelligent and an ambitious natural leader. A low or flat Jupiter mount means that you don't have much self-confidence. And then we go to your middle finger, which is Saturn. The Saturn mount is under your middle finger. The mount is all about how patient and responsible you are. A high Saturn mount shows stubbornness, a tendency to be alone. Okay, drag me. Um, depressed, cynical, and shy. If your Saturn mount has a normal amount of elevation, you are responsible and hardworking, friendly, and you trust in the universe. If it is a low or flat, this can mean you are superficial and disorganized. And then we go on to our ring finger, which is your Apollo mount. Um, so it's also related to the sun. The sun is about, uh, relates to creativity, genius, fantasy, imagination, and happiness. A high sun or Apollo mount means that you are a prideful person who loves to flatter others, can be extravagant, and can be quick tempered. A normal sun mount shows someone who is adaptable, outgoing, and self-centered. A low sun mount means some, means you are someone with little imagination and might find it difficult to make decisions. And then your little tiny baby pinky finger is your Mercury mount. Oh, Mercury. <laughs> Mercury is all about wealth, intellect, and travel. An overdeveloped Mercury mount can uh, denote someone who speaks too much and can be untruthful. They can be greedy too. A normal Mercury mount means you are thoughtful, versatile, and a lot and ha with lots of interests. These people tend to be great in business and able to read others well. A low mount of Mercury shows someone who is shy, unable to communicate, and not, may not make a lot of money. Uh, and then you have the Luna or Moon mount, which runs along the outside of your palm, which goes from your little finger and runs along the side of your hand. So it's like that, you know what I mean? Like that's the side of your hand where it's just kind of fleshy. Does that make sense? Um, and then this is about imagination, creativity, and emotion. So a high moon mount points to someone who lives so much in their imagination that it crowds out all sense of reality. If you have a well-defined moon mount, you have extraordinary, extraordinary creative abilities. You love the arts, are compassionate, and have psychic abilities. A low or flat moon mount denotes someone who lives in her head, their head, his head, but doesn't share it with others. Uh, they may be a bit of a loner with pessimistic tendencies. So again, we have your Venus mount, your Jupiter mount, your Saturn mount, your Apollo mount, and your um, Mercury mount, and then your moon mount. One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> and finally on Gala Darling, we're going to talk about your thumb and your fingies and all the different shapes. So for your thumb shape, large thumbs, Thumb. Why does that word sound so weird? Large thumbs belong to people who are opinionated workaholics with high energy and plenty of self-control. If your thumb bends toward your palm, you can be a little cold and indifferent. A thumb which bends outward demonstrates a generous nature. A thumb that is bent out and backwards is called a killer's thumb, which Gala Darling wants to point out that they did not make up. So <laughs> we're just going to leave that right there. And then to your finger shapes. Long fingers show someone who is anxious, delicate, good-looking, and well-mannered. Short fingers belong to the impatient, creative, and highly sexed, which is, I think, what we kind of saw with the air signs and water signs versus the fire signs. And pointed fingers denote someone who is well-intentioned but scatterbrained. Fingernail shapes, which, again, getting into palmistry, I was like, I just want to, you know, learn how to read my lines, that's all. And then it gets down to, like, your nail bed. <laughs> 
no idea that all this was important. So fingernail shapes. Long fingernails mean you are kind and you are good at keeping secrets. If they're long and thin, you are quite psychic and easily annoyed. Long, large fingernails mean you are shy and a bit of a hermit. So remember last week, last week we were talking about like the etheric, the etheric or etheric or psychic hand. And we talked about like the length of the fingernails and the nail beds and how there's like a curvature to them and like being long and thin and even having like the characteristics of an air hand, but you know, taking it further. So we're just circling back to that. Almond shaped fingernails belong to people who are sweet, kind, and extremely diplomatic. Rectangular fingernails denote someone who is practical and logical. You like things to be explained and you always wear sensible shoes. <laughs> short fingernails show someone who is critical and sarcastic. Extremely short fingernails means you have no self-control at all. If your nails are short and large, you are sad, depressed easily, and a little unstable. Short straight nails belong to those who are filled with envy. Short, rounded nails mean you are a bit ju judgmental and love to gossip. Now, let me say, of course, fingernail shape is something that can change. Um, so I wouldn't put all of my eggs in that particular basket. But, you know, a nail, the shape of your nail is something that it always is going to grow in the same. But obviously, people and some people are prone to growing up. My nails will grow out like weeds. They grow really long and they get until they all like one breaks and I have to inevitably cut all of them, but they do re grow really quickly and they grow really strong. But I definitely tend to have more of a square shape than like an almond shape, except for my index finger. I don't know what's going on with that. But I would say if there's any part that I think can be a little taken with a little, uh, grain of salt, if you're reading for yourself or with other people, I would go with the fingernail assessment because you know, your mounts are going to be the same your lines are going to be the same, but the fingernails can be a little iffy. I would go with the shape more than the length of them. On the other link that I'm going to share, which is back to the psychiclibrary.com and the page on palmistry, there is very in-depth information about each of the finger shapes and about the thumb in particular. So I would encourage you to go and read through all of those. Um, I would read for them for you, but then this would turn into a much longer episode. But I just, I, I like flipping over to that one because Galadaring is such a good palmistry 101, which is what we're doing today or what we're doing with like these two episodes. But there is so like, I'm telling you all when I was like, Oh, I'm going to learn how to read palms. <laughs> like, you know, so uh, la la, it's going to be so fun and easy. There's so much in depth things there. And there's so many things to memorize and so many things to be aware of. And so many things to look for in both palms that you, I don't think you can do enough research. So I encourage y'all to all go into the second link and really, go in depth with the different finger shapes and with the different signs and symbols and with uh, definitely refresh on all of the heartline, uh, headline, lifeline and fate line stuff that I read to you because it's, it is multifaceted. This is something, no wonder it's passed down through like generations and it's really a learned and inherited skill for a lot of people because it, the study of it is incredible. It's just blowing my mind how much more in depth and well-rounded of a study this is as opposed to what I was thinking. Like, honestly, if you can read palms already, or if it's something that's natural to you, hats off to you, because this is an incredible, like such a, a diverse skill to have. It's, it's really, really cool. So there are two more things I want to talk about to wrap up this palmistry 101 episode. And that is going to be the minor lines and also the markings in the hand. So going back to what Oh gosh, natural born witches. I think that's the episode where we talked about the crosses in our hands and the healer marks and all of those things. That is going to be an extension of that. Um, I'm going to go in depth and 
read you info about the minor lines. And then again, in the link that I'm going to post in the Facebook group, I will put up everything for the markings because there's third, no, there's about 17 that this website points out. And one, it's good to be able to see it because it's definitely a visual thing. I mean, it's all a visual thing, but the markings for sure. Um, it's going to be easier than me trying to describe like, oh, the chain. So it kind of looks like if it was a railroad, but there were no bars between it. You know what I mean? So I will give you an overview according to this website of what they are. And then I will post it for you so you can dig in yourself. But I will go over the minor lines with you. So the palmistry minor lines or secondary lines can reveal an individual's talents, interests, strengths, and weaknesses. Their meanings can vary depending on the hand shape, markings, mounds, and the other lines nearby or crossing over them. Minor lines can be very faint or may not even be apparent. That's a, a thing. Do not worry if you do not see a line that you are hearing me talk about. Because like I said, I barely have a faint, a faint line. And what I'm assuming it may be might not be it at all. So totally okay. Doesn't mean anything's wrong. If they do appear on the palm, they will give the palm reader a lot more insight into the subject. Listed below are the are nine of the more common minor lines in their general meanings. Um, so according to this website, the fate line isn't one of the major lines in the hand, and it's really just the heart, the life, and the head. I don't know why those are giving me such it's I think it's the heart and the head, both starting with H. But those are your three major lines, and then the fate is considered in the minor line category because not everyone has that. As opposed to on Gala Darling, there were, um, it was considered in like all the big four. So I'm going to go over, well, we already went over the fate line, but just to let you know on this, in this forum, it is indicated as being a minor line. So there is the Apollo or the sun line. There is the bracelet or rosette lines. There's the children lines, the girdle of Venus, the health line, the intuition line, relationship line, Simeon line. Uh, ring of Solomon or the Jupiter line, the ring of Saturn and the ring of Apollo. Y'all, when I told y'all, this is in depth. There's so much you have to learn about. So starting with the Apollo line, the Apollo line, also known as the line of the sun, when present is an indication of success in one's life. The line can indicate creative, self-confident individuals who are extremely capable of following through on the plan, on a plan of action. They can communicate their ideas well and are sensitive which makes them prime for success and good fortune. However, the line may not be continuous due to the fact that life is not free of difficulties. Yeah, this may be a sign of inconsistencies in one's life. If this line does not appear on the palm, it does not have any correlation to one's success or failure. Markings on this line can indicate time of illness or setbacks. So um, your Apollo sun line extends down from the index finger straight in a straight line down uh, to the bottom of the palm. So next we're gonna talk about the bracelet line. I mentioned this in last week's episode. It's those lines that are right under your um, palm, like where your wrist and your palm meets. You have those like three, four, five, six, six, seven, eight. I don't know how many for me. It looks like I have about four, but I have two very distinct ones. Those lines that are right in your the top of your wrist. What's that part of your hand or your arm called? I can't remember. I was about to drop some like ninth grade biology on you guys and really impress all of you by saying the name of it, but I can't remember. The thing that keeps coming to my mind is metatarsal and that's your foot. So no. Uh, in palmistry, the bracelet lines or rasslet, rasset lines are considered part of the minor lines. The bracelet rasset lines are located at the base of the palm on the wrist. The majority of people have three bracelet lines. However, some lucky people have four. 
Four lines is an indication that one will live close to 100. Ooh. One, two, three, four. Do I have four? I mean, I'm just checking because women in my family always live to 100 at least. <laughs> um, the lines can reveal a person's longevity, health, destiny, prosperity, and the balance or imbalance of the mind, body, and spirit. The more solid and unbroken the lines, the better the chances are for a good, healthy life. Uh, and then these go into more in-depth per line. So we're going to do it too. If the first bracelet line located closest to the palm is clear and well-defined without any gaps, breaks, or chains, it indicates good health. If it is broken and contains gaps, breaks, or chains, it is a sign of overindulging and not taking responsibility for proper care of one's health. If a woman's line is bowed or turned upward, she will come across many obstacles in her life and endure much pain. There may be childbirth complications or she may only have one or two children. If the second line on the wrist bows upward as the first one does, she may endure pain longer than she expected. Hmm. I wonder why that's like a specific, I'm going to look more into that. Or if anyone has any more information, if you are a skilled palmistress, palmistress, <laughs> palm reader out there, let me know that I want to look into that a little bit more. Okay. So moving on, if the first bracelet line is chained and the other lines are clear and defined, this may indicate a life of hard work and difficulty in the earlier years, but hopefully later in life, you will have good fortune. The second bracelet line, if clear and defined without any gaps or breaks or chains, may indicate financial prosperity and a life you can take joy. The third bracelet line, if clear and defined without any gaps, breaks, or chains, can indi indicate that you can become influential in the community and a well-known individual amongst your peers. Note that if you have only one bracelet line, there is a great possibility that you may not experience the best health during a period in your lifetime, or you may experience bouts of depression. If the first line has a tendency to curve and the next lines are well-defined and solid, this is a sign that obstacles were overcome in the early years of life through great effort and hard work to take a healthier path. If your upper bracelet rasset lines are chained, it is not always a bad sign. Though through all the turmoil that life can bring, having these lines suggests that happiness is not out of reach. So, I mean, looking at mine... I see two on my left and I see three on my right. I three or four. Yeah, but they look pretty solid. So I'm taking that as a good sign. That's the thing too in learning about palmistry and even trying to get to know your own hands, which you've had your whole life, right? It's like, I think I know the, like the back of my hand. That's how well I know them. But when you're really looking at them, you're like, I don't even know what the hell has been attached to my body all this time and what it's been trying to tell me. So it, it really is interesting to look at it through the perspective of being a palm reader and the perspective of being a witch and seeing all of these possibilities and potentiality. Is potentiality a word? I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. And all this potential and all of this information that's been literally attached to your body and that you use each and every day, you know, if you, if you do have hands, it's just, it's incredible. So it is like a really nice way to get to know yourself a lot better. Not just the messages that are there in your palms and on your wrists, but to just know yourself physically better. It's just really crazy. I thought, I, of course, I know my, like the back of my hand, that is the same for a reason. And I, I truly know nothing. <laughs> All right, so children's lines. Children's lines vertically cross the relationship or marriage line. They are often very faint. Each line can indicate a child or a potential one. The line can also reflect an individual who might care for children throughout life as a teacher, a counselor, foster step parent, nanny, you know, any of those things. 
Uh, some poem readers interpret bolder children lines to indicate males and narrow lines to indicate females. I think it's so interesting that they keep kind of bringing in like, like sex and gender a little bit. Um, also, clearer lines indicate a healthy child. Longer lines than the other indicate, indicate a child who is the favorite of the parents. Don't tell your other kid. And um, uneven and barely visible lines indicate a sensitive child. And if that line begins with an island, it represents a child who will have ill health in early years. When a child line does not cross the relationship line, it can indicate that a child may come into a relationship later on. Some palmists say that to find out the number of children you will have, count the vertical lines from the outside of the palm towards the inside. Okay, so your children lines are underneath your mercury finger or your pinky. And I have zero. <laughs> well, that is true and very correct. I, I do not have, I don't have any. All right, well, few for that. <laughs> now let's talk about your, let's see, because we just did, we talked about your relationship line. So let's skip ahead to that one. The relationship lines, also known as marriage or love lines, may be one of several or do not only indicate marriages or partners, but relationships that are significant in one's life. It indicates one's ability to handle relationship commitments. If the lines are well-defined and longer, they can indicate a person who has ability to make long-term commitments. Shorter and weaker lines can signify relationships that may not last or ones that may end for a time and begin again. A fork in the end of a line might signify divorce. So your relationship line is also under your pinky. It's kind of in that same... It's in the same area. Oh, I have a forked one. Uh-huh. Hmm. <laughs> so it's in the same area of where your children line would be, but what I'm seeing on mine is the relationship line. These minor lines are kind of more interesting, don't you think? Like they kind of get down to the nitty-gritty more than the major lines. I mean, that's that's my perception so far. Interesting. Okay, so let's go to the girdle of Venus. The girdle of Venus can indicate a wound up and nervous person. These individuals can experience extreme highs and extreme lows. People with this line may also crave excitement and be highly sensual in nature. If the line has breaks, it can represent an individual who needs to keep his or her or their temper in check or can indicate a person with deep sensitivities. So this line goes from your index finger to your ring finger and it just makes a little curvy... It's, it's not a straight line. It's like a little curved semicircle, like a half circle kind of. I do not have this on myself as far as I can tell. So that is the girl of Venus. And then let's go on to the health line. The line of health is also known as the line of liver and is an indication of one's health and overall well-being. It can indicate the health of a nervous system, liver or kidneys specifically. That's interesting. People who have the ability to heal others physically, emotionally, or spiritually may possess this line. So just like those healer marks that we have, those like, uh, they kind of like static lines to me when I, we were going through the uh, Natural Born Witches episode, or is it 100% that one? Shoot, I can't remember. Uh, I think it's Natural Born Witches. <laughs> but yeah, it kind of looks like static lines to me almost. And the more you have, like the more proficient of a healer you are. Um, so this is another indication that you have that healing witch nature naturally. Uh, keep in mind that this line appears broken or frayed. It can be an indicant of 
indica indicates indication of possible illness or those illnesses ha that have come and gone. Also, it may denote illnesses so partner of and partners who are close to you. So the health line runs, if you're looking at your right hand, from your pinky sort of diagonally down to the middle of your palm. It is a straight line. I really got to get my flashlight on for this. I do not see that line in my hand. Although I do have the healer's mark in my hand, I do not have the health line. <clears throat> I wonder if these lines also, if you do tend to have them in your hand, um, correlate to your profession. So if you are a doctor or a nurse or some kind of caregiver, um, do you tend to have the health line? I'm very curious about that. <laughs> Y'all, let me know if that is what's showing up for you. If you have the health line, that's okay. That's really cool. I don't know. Something just popped into my mind. I'm curious. Okay. So then you have your intuition line. The intuition line on the palm signifies individuals who are able to read other people and situations instantly. They are highly intuitive, obviously. This line is often very apparent on psychics and psychic mediums. Due to their sensitivity, these individuals may have difficulty in a crowd as they are sensitive to other people's positive or negative energies. Mm, so I'm almost tempted to call this the empath line, right? If the intuition line is broken, it may indicate that the individual is overly empathic Okay, duh. And should be careful of their health. If the line is not well pronounced or absent, it does not mean that the individual is not intuitive or even psychic. He, she, or they may have a psychic hand shape, which we talked about last week, um, which is another indicator of, of psychic abilities. And also without this um, intuitive line, without the psychic hand shape does not mean that you don't have psychic abilities, as we know. So the intuition line goes from the pinky to the bottom of your palm, but it curves. So it's not a straight line. It has like a significant curve to it. I do not see it on either hand. So I do not believe I have the intuitive line, which I'm very empathic as we talked about in the empath episode. And, you know, we have gone through all the signs for that, but I definitely wouldn't say that being psychic or having any kind of psych, like any vast psychic ability is part of my craft at all. I don't consider myself to be a psychic medium in the least. Like, have I had encounters with things? Absolutely. I do feel like when I read cards for people, I can definitely channel to some extent, um, people that have passed on, but it, it's represented in the cards. Like, um, you know, Artemis, if she comes up, it's like your guardian. And these, there are people that are watching out for you and your ancestors are there and your angels are there. So I can kind of channel that. And I remember I did one reading like uh, three or four years ago, one of the first ones I ever did. And the card that I got was Butterfly Maiden. I will never forget this because it was like, it meant so much to me. I started crying. She started crying, <laughs> you know, normal reaction during a reading. It, it can be very emotional. It stirs up a lot. But she let me know that I, she had reached out to me and I didn't get back to her for like three or four weeks because I was just getting into card reading and I was trying to practice a lot. And she was like, you know, it's like the anniversary of when my mom passed away and the butterfly was her thing. Like, that's what she sends me. That is what always her favorite thing when she was alive. You know, that's something really connected about. And had I done it, like the day she asked me for it, I, this wouldn't have been like that much of a connection, I feel like. But because it was like the day, the anniversary of her mom passing away. And for some reason, I just waited those three weeks to get in touch with her because other stuff was going on. I feel like in that moment with her mom, she, I was able to channel her energy to an extent. It was able to come, it was able to come through in the cards, but I wasn't 
like a psychic vessel. Is that, does that make sense? Kind of what I'm saying? So yeah, no surprise. I don't necessarily have those lines because I don't necessarily have those gifts. Okay. So let's go into our Simeon line. A very rare line. The Simeon line appears instead of, instead of a heart and headline. In other words, the heart and headline are conjoined to form the Simeon line. This line is also called the Simeon fold or crease or the Palmer crease. Individuals with a Simeon line are usually stubborn minded. They are ruled either by their heart or their head. They view the world in black and white terms. There is little, if any, gray area. This individual may have difficulty dealing with stress and take things too personally. If there is a simian line on both palms, it can heighten its effect. I am really curious to see this now. Instead of viewing the simian line as a negative attribute, look at it as being an enhanced condition. I'm sorry, enhanced connection between one's heart and one's mind. That is kind of lovely, right? Because the two lines are joined together. This line can bring about much success. However, on the flip side, it can at times have some bad connotations. So instead of having, so obviously in learning about palmistry, again, I have learned that there are many, many line shapes out there, not just my curvy lines that I think are dominant. So if you have, instead of the curve, or you could have straight head and heart, um, head and lifelines, right? We've covered that. But instead of having them branch off from each other or having two separate entities, they are wholly connected and they were wholly straight. It's really interesting. And it goes, it cuts right across pretty much the middle of your palm going horizontally. Okay. So onto the ring of Solomon or the ring of Jupiter, this is going to be placed underneath your Jupiter finger, which again is your, I love saying the word Jupiter. It's just my, I know I've talked about this in past episodes. It's my favorite planet. I think it has wholly been overshadowed by Saturn. Saturn is not that great just because it has some rings. Jupiter is big and beautiful and gorgeous and it has it rains diamonds there oh wait no is that saturn okay scratch that but it has that big gorgeous storm that's always going on i think jupiter is the bee's knees and i really do want to get a jupiter tattoo one day anyway so this ring is underneath your jupiter index finger and is on that jupiter mound that fleshy part that mount that we talked about so the ring of solomon also referred to as the ring of jupiter is located i already told you uh, this ring can appear in a semicircle formation or in a straight line. It represents King Solomon from the Bible and Jupiter, the god, the king of the gods during Roman times, also known as Zeus in Greek mythology. Obviously, we've seen the connection between Greek mythology and the current, like, um, current, like, idea of westernized palm reading. People who possess this ring have strong leadership qualities and are also found in positions of authority. They are well-respected, intelligent, and philosophical individuals who are extremely tolerant and thoughtful of others. So I do not have the ring of Jupiter and consider, oh, wait, nope, no. <laughs> and considering what a stan of Jupiter I am, that is a real blow to me because I, I love that planet so much. Okay, so into the ring of Saturn. So your Saturn finger again is your middle finger. And your ring of Saturn is just like your ring of Jupiter. It will be on that mount underneath your middle finger. I'm still holding up my hands to no one. None of you can see me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, middle finger, it'll be that fleshy part right underneath. Uh, this ring is not commonly found. A lot of these aren't, as we're finding out. The ring of Saturn may indicate an individual who is unhappy, a hermit, overly serious in nature, and not living life to the fullest. This person may be consumed with a pessimistic outlook on life. You may refer to this person as always being down in the dumps. Oh, like Debbie Downer. That's a bummer. So I'm about to look at my hands. If I don't have the ring of Jupiter, but I do have the ring of Saturn, I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> um, so far, no good. All right. So 
Last but not least, we're going to go into the ring of Apollo, not to be confused with the line of Apollo, which was the first one that we covered, or your sun line. So the ring of Apollo, which is a very rare marking, something we keep seeing coming up, a lot of these are, um, signifies that a blockage exists in creativity. Oh, and also this is going to be under your Apollo or your thumb. <sighs> your Apollo or your sun or your ring finger. That is your Apollo finger, remember. And it's going to be, again, on that fleshy mount underneath that little, I keep calling them the little fat pads that I like to press on. Um, so this marking might actually block the, per the positive effects of the traits associated with the Apollo finger. Interesting. So you have this Apollo finger, which is your sun finger again, and the ring underneath it could like be in conflict with it. That's kind of interesting. Uh, if you have this marking, do not be discouraged. Some palmists believe that with a change to positive outlook, focusing on creative projects and broadening your horizons, this line can dissipate. Very interesting. And I'm, I am striking out on all of these minor lines. I don't think about any of them, except for, of course, my bracelet lines, because I think they're way common. And um, I've had a relationship line. But that's it. I'm, I'm really striking out with my minor lines. So maybe that I would be an easier read. <laughs> All right. So we have covered our mounts. We have covered our major lines. We have covered our minor lines. We have covered our fingies. We have covered our thumb. I really, again, would encourage you to go in depth. And I'm going to touch on the markings, like I said. And then I will let this be the, your other homework to go and check out the markings as they are described and pictured. So... Palmistry markings are positive or negative interruptions and blockages in the normal flow of the palm lines, mounts, and fingers. Our foundation, if you will. We've gone through the foundation. Now this is stuff we put on top. They can indicate warnings of difficulty, separation, traumatic events, or health problems. Some markings may indicate a period of recovery, problem resolution, or an emotional healing period. However, their meanings are dependent upon where they are located on the palm. Just like our witch's marks and our healer's marks and our psychic marks. Uh, and our, our hedge marks, right? There's, oh gosh, what are those called? You know what? We don't have time for that. <laughs> they uh, can also enhance or diminish the energies of those areas. Listed below are the important markings that can appear on the palm of the hands, along with their general meanings. Uh, so you will have your breaks, chains, crosses, dots, grills, islands, squares, stars, tassels, traverse lines, triangles, tridents, Upwards and downward lines and vertical lines. <laughs> you see, this is why I'm like, this is your VO homework. You got to go study this section yourself. But thankfully, we are familiar with a lot of them. We know our crosses and sometimes they look like an X and sometimes they look like what we traditionally refer to as a cross. We know what triangles look like. We know what um, dots are. You know, we can figure out vertical lines. So there, it's not as... The thing that I found in trying to pick up palmistry and trying to get this this palmistry basics down is that we're aware of a lot of it and we can see it and we can understand it. It's not that hard to learn and like it's really complicated concepts necessarily, but it again is so in depth and there's so much detail. There's so many layers to it. So, you know, even outside of these two episodes and just getting our, our basics and our foundation down, I'm definitely going to keep trying to educate myself on it and explore it and really sit down with it. But it's something that I thought I could teach. My, I mean, let me not say like, also, I didn't think I could teach myself all of there is to know about palmistry in a couple of weeks. No, of course not. But I thought I could at least get like a really good grasp, be able to start doing it for other people in a few weeks, because that's what I took the cards like. 
But for me, cards are super intuitive things. And for me, palmistry is like something I have learning from scratch. So it's definitely a study I'm going to keep with. But I would say it probably take me a good six months to a year to feel confident enough to go and be like, well, I'm a palm reader. <laughs> you know? And I don't know if I'll ever get to the point where I could say, oh, yeah, I'm a super proficient palm reader. I, I might get to the point where I can say I'm really good at doing it for myself. And I can take a crack at your hand. But I don't know if I'll ever be at the level of people that have really studied it for years and or have inherited it. Uh, and it's, you know, part of their witch DNA to be a palm reader. And so, yeah, it's been really interesting. But also something now I know not to expect to be able to learn, you know, without really putting study into it. So I'm going to stick with it. And I hope you all stick with it with me. And, you know, maybe we will be able to add this to our witch um, resume. <laughs> if you're out there applying for the good witch jobs, you have this skill now. And I, I know as witches, we all have things that we are naturally taken to, right? And we're naturally intuitive towards. And some things that we are so not naturally drawn to that we have no interest at all. But I I think it is great to step outside of your comfort zone and to learn about different facets of witchcraft and of the practice because it's so dynamic and there's so much there and it doesn't begin and end with candles and crystals and smudging. You know, there's so much out there and that's why I really did want to do a focus on palmistry because it's just something I've wanted to do for myself. And I, my voice is dry from reading so much, but I wanted to give y'all accurate information versus Mickey's take on the information because it is 100% new to me as opposed to like a Marie Laveau or a Medusa or a Salem where I'm really versed in that already. But then I go back and I just obsessively research it because I'm obsessed with history. And then it spins out of control and it's a two hour episode. <laughs> As if I don't put out hour and a half episodes all the time anyway. But yeah, I just, I think it's so fascinating. And so I hope you all really enjoyed these two episodes just to give ourselves a foundation. And if nothing else, we can know more about ourselves as witches because we'll be able to read ourselves better. It's another way to read ourselves. We read ourselves with cards. Some of us are able to go into our past lives and read ourselves that way and learn more about our journeys as witches. And we read ourselves through scratch. Like there's so many things out there that, bring us closer to ourselves that we should indulge in a little bit, I think. And so, yeah, am I still going to be a cards and candle witch? Absolutely. That is where I thrive. But I am really interested in learning these other skills that aren't natural or inherited to me. You know, and who knows? Who knows what I might pick up and be brilliant at? And that's actually the thing that I excel at the most. So I plan to continue dipping my little witchy toes into different little witchy pots. And do you dip your toes into pots? What do you dip your dip your toe into a pond? <laughs> no, I've been reading and talking too long. I intend to keep dipping my witchy toes into little witchy ponds and see what I can come up with and see, you know, what happens. It, witchcraft is just, it's so exciting and it's so varied and there's just so much. And there's so many different types of witches, even beyond like the 10 or 12 we covered in those episodes we're all different and we all have different identities and we all have different practices. And even if we're both sea witches, we're still going to practice differently, you know? So it's just incredible to tap into all these different things. And that as witches, we have all of these different avenues available to us that no one can stop us. Cause thankfully we're witches in 2020 and no one is going to hopefully be like burner at the stake because we want to figure out how to repalm. So I say we have that freedom 
let's take advantage of it and let's learn as much as we can. So there is your palmistry 101. I am going to have to go back and listen to these episodes myself so I can actually like read my palms and go along with my own voice because you know it's it's hard to it I'm the kind of person where it's hard for me to like read and put into practice at the same time so I know I was kind of doing it now but I wasn't really absorbing all of it so I have to I I learn things by doing um, you know, you're like, you learn things by reading, you learn things by seeing, or you learn things by doing. I'm a hands-on person, <laughs> no pun intended. So I have to learn by doing. So now that I've read it and I've read it and I've read it, I've read it to myself, I've read it to y'all, I've digested it. Now I can go back and be like, okay, line by line, what is going on in these palms? Because I, I know there's something in here that I need to know at least one life shattering thing. I don't know. <laughs> if it's anything that dramatic. But I do know there's info in here that's going to bring me closer to myself as a witch. So I'm excited to go back through it and listen with all of y'all and see, you know, what's going on in these hands and in this wrist. Um, so yeah, homework, we are going to uh, just brush up on everything we've covered in the past two episodes and, and talk to the hand. Literally, that's why I called it that because I want you to figure out where your heart line is, figure out where your headline is, figure out where your lifeline, figure out your fate line, figure out which finger is your Apollo, figure out which is your Venus and what, uh, minor lines do you have? Do you have the intuitive line? Do you have your fate line? Do you have the children marking? Do you have the romantic and love life marking? There's so much there. So, I mean, I really can't reiterate it enough. I know I keep saying it, but yeah, I want you to get from, I'm trying to think of the best way to do it. If you are able to listen to this episode while having your hands out and in front of you and no distractions and no kids that, need help with homework and no husbands that need help with homework and, <laughs> I don't know. and no dogs that need to go out and potty and, you know, no pressing work matters that need to be attended to. If you can really sit as I'm talking through it and you can identify all of this stuff, you'll be done with your homework and you'll be one step closer to being able to read palms and you'll be, you'll have one more skill you can add to your witch arsenal. So yeah, get in touch with those hands, talk to the hands, see what's going on there. And However is best for you, go into those articles that I'm going to share and just give yourself a refresher. See, pay special attention to those markings and things I said about the fingies and your thumb because there is a lot more information there. But yeah, that is going to be your homework. And if you feel super confident or this is something you're already naturally inclined to or you have a background in, I would say take your homework one step further and try it out on someone else. If I did have kids, I would absolutely want to read their palms and see what's going on there. And also just to get to read like a young person's palm, not that I'm not young, but you know, like a kid's palm, I think it would be really interesting to interesting to look at and especially compared to yours because your kids come from you. Um, so yeah, even more than like a partner or a spouse or a best friend or a parent, I really think if I had kids, I would be the most interested in looking at their lines. Maybe I can borrow one of my nephews <laughs> and do theirs, even though they didn't come from me. I still would just like to look at an adult hand versus a kid's hand and see how our lines have like formed differently and how lines, I'm not saying necessarily our major and minor lines are added as we go through life, but how our hands change as we age. You know what I mean? So for Crystal of the Week, I'm thinking we stick with our clear quartz because we're still in Mercury retrograde, as we know. <laughs> um, it does it does take a lot of clarity to be able to decipher what's going on in your hand because we do have so many lines. And like I just said, when we age, our hands change and more lines are added one way or another. So yeah, I'm going to stick with our clear quartz. I would say if you are really trying to do like focus on the heart line 
and focus on your romance relationship line, your love line, and focus on your kids line, I would study it with my clear course next to me and my rose course, obviously our love stone. Um, but yeah, clarity is really going to come in handy because looking at your hand, again, we've had these hands forever. We should know them very well. Well, not forever, but our whole lives. We should know them very well. But it can be hard to decipher these little curvatures and these little dots and these little crosses and these little triangles. So all the clarity possible will help. So clear quartz and uh, clear quartz and rose quartz if you're interested in focusing on love more so. And next week we will be back with Marie Laveau, which will maybe be a three-hour episode. I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I'm literally, y'all, I woke up this morning and my hip is just in tremendous pain. I do have arthritis, but um, usually something will kind of aggravate it. And I've been doing really well lately. And this just is telling me I'm going to be 33 next week. And that's just what life is going to be like. I'm just going to break up with like a severely painful hip socket. Uh, so I'm about to literally go get my uh, Louisiana voodoo book right now. And I'm going to start reading it again so I can get that episode together for y'all. And um, other than that, we have new merch up. So I will share the link in the episode notes, but it's teespring.com slash bad dash witch dash two. I think Facebook group is the craft. We're going to watch the skeleton key. Do not forget. I'm going to give you a pop quiz on it. Probably not. Um, I mean, probably not, but you never know. <laughs> Um, patreon.com slash bad witch. If you want to become the 50th patron, or if you just want to join regardless, because, um, we have some cool stuff on there. We have readings. We have yes, no questions. We have goddess cards. We have witchy mail, all kinds of good stuff. If you want to go check that out. Shout outs. Hello. And, um, then the bad witch podcast at gmail.com. I am still behind as always, but I will be in the air for a solid, at least 10 hours next week. So one way or another, I'm getting through those emails and I cleared out my Facebook box. So I'm feeling really good about that right now. <laughs> that is my like Mercury retrograde win for the week. If nothing else in this period of three weeks, I am getting those emails done. So look out for a word for me. If you have written in, I will get back to you. I promise I'm trying so hard with that email. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. I love you all so much. You are my beloved baddies. As you all know, I will be telling you all about my beloved Marie next week. Until then you deserve good. Never stop saying it to yourselves. Blessed be and goodbye.